Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. from Boston here. Walker and I are here for the Army-Navy game, 124th edition of said game, bringing you the Wesson Walker Show right here on Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. And, uh, Walker, this game began in 1890. The series record is Navy leads it, 62-54, and they've tied seven times. And the 2023 installment of this game will mark the first time in the 124-year history of America's game that it will be played in New England. It's been most frequently played in Philadelphia, followed by New York, and then the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. metro area. So it, it, It's cool to go over the history, and also when you were going over just the style of you know watching Navy run the ball, pound the ball on the ground, it feels like <laughs> American history football. It does. Finest. It does. You, you can't run an air raid offense at Navy or Army. You just no. you shouldn't. No. I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I need at least 35 rushing attempts per game. Yeah, I don't think that it will. This, this is the game for the purists, and it always <laughs> has been each and every year. And the weather, definitely. I mean, oh, could you yeah. think of any better style to play in this type of weather where you're going to feel every last thing because it is so cold that these young men are definitely going to be out there bringing it in some frigid temperatures? Uh, Wes, you clearly played. Not only did you play football, <laughs> you played in the trenches. You played where the nasty goes down. Uh huh. We walked out. It was really cold, and you said, "Can you imagine suiting up to play a football game in this weather?" And even little old me, like, no. Yeah. I don't know why it hit me so hard, <laughs> but because because I've been in colder. Yes, it's really cold. It's like what 30 degrees out. It was it's, 28 uh, it's, when we were outside earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's like 30 degrees outside. Okay. And there's like a little bit of wind, but it's fine. And even last year, you know, I've gone to Indiana. It gets cold there, too. But just imagining with the pain that I already feel going up against a big old dude in pads. Getting hit. I'll I'll be a pansy, as you just heard in the rejoin. (laughs) I'll be that. The worst part about the cold is that everything hurts. It's not just the hits. If you hit your hand on somebody's helmet or somebody steps on your toe or you take an elbow to the ribs or something like that. Like Everything hurts in cold weather. That's the worst part about it, man. And so, yes, I, uh, I mean, it's I can't imagine it, man. Like, especially and you haven't played consistently in this kind of cold. No, What's not the coldest in this game kind of cold. Probably like 50, something like that. Oh, you you dodged any of the bad ones. Yeah, man. no, I've never played in like like freezing temperatures for a football game. What if you did the tough guy stuff where the captain of the offensive line or the captain of the team is saying, hey, no sleeves. Oh, yeah, we no sleeves all day. So you're just going to be in pain then? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get out there and, you know. That's fine. Tough it out. I, did, I didn't know. Vaseline you. on the arms and <laughs> face and hands and all of that stuff, and we'll be good to go, man. And so with that said, it's time to go to the campus. Kona. All right, the latest from the transfer portal, folks. This is this the thing every day. Uh, Nick Delatore 
reported earlier Trevor Etienne, younger brother of Travis Etienne, is now in the transfer portal. I'm thinking that he might be heading his way down to Clemson, South Carolina, perhaps to follow in the footsteps of big brother Travis. Uh, but the Clemson Tigers also, they've got a lot going on as far as bowl opt-outs uh, for this football game. And Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Rook Aroro, uh, among others, not going to be available for this game, not to mention guys in the transfer portal. Toriano Pride has ended up at Missouri. Uh, then you have, like I said, Bo Collins and others that will be missing from this game. Dominique Thomas, Mitchell May, Sage Ennis, and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., just to name some of the stars that won't be available for Clemson when they take on Kentucky uh, in the Tax Slayer Bowl. And so I think that's the first of many, and we're going to see another intriguing part of this postseason is how many players will be missing these games to either opt out for the transfer portal or the NFL draft. But Clemson has plenty of young guys, I'm sure, uh, licking their chops to be able to get on that football field and show what they have. Big commitment went down. We know that the Colorado Buffaloes, them of the ranked last category in sacks allowed mm. last season. Gave up 56 opponent sacks last season. That's good for 129th in all of college football. Almost an average of five per game they surrendered. Well, they got some help on the way. And Dion, I guess he went and got some Louis luggage out of the recruiting portal, not the transfer portal. Five-star Jordan Seaton, the top-ranked offensive lineman in the Rivals 250, picked Colorado over Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, Florida, all of the big schools that you would think of. He is a tackle at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, he talked about how he liked the connection with the coaches, talked about how uh, playing for an African-American coaching staff was very important to him, and so that was a big get. And he made that announcement on Undisputed, so I guess that's a new thing. Guys going on some of these debate shows now and making some announcements. Yeah, uh, what would would you do that if you were a If I had the opportunity, you better yeah. believe I would <laughs> I be up on Undisputed making my announcement. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? Yeah. Especially in this NIL space and increasing my star power, getting as much visibility as I can. The clip's already viral all over X. Yeah, this young man definitely did himself a service, but now he's got to go there and get it done and show that he is Louis Luggage and not uh, Walmart or something uh, less. I, I don't mean I, I feel like I, I keep trying to grab the steering wheel and take us off topic, but uh -huh. the Louis luggage reminds me of the the Skywalk walk yeah. we did take here. Yeah. He might have gotten it at the mall. He could have. Every single designer clothing brand that I can't afford was right in front of my <laughs> face. Walking. Yeah, they had them all like 12 in a row, man. I mean, you talk about any of them, Prada, Gucci, all that stuff. I said, man, this is a ritzy yes, mall, it is. but I'm definitely going to explore it later on. So Dion needs more, though, right? Like He, he needs a little bit more. He needs more. to shop it all up. Because they've been losing some recruits. Yeah, they lost their quarterback recruits uh, of the last two cycles, for the last two cycles, 2024 and 2025. So he's still got some work to do. So he needs to go to that ATM and get some more cash out so he can get some more Louis luggage. Mm -hmm. uh, so for the Duke Blue Devils, we know that Mike Elko is now in College Station. But it looks like they found their guy, and it looks like a face we've seen before in the ACC. Manny Diaz expected to be the next head coach at Duke's 
sources told footballscoop.com a deal is expected to be finalized today. Duke represents Diaz's second ACC head coaching position as he was at Miami before. He went 21-15 and 15 at Miami from 2019 to 2021, including a 16-9 and nine mark in ACC play. He spent the last two seasons as a defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at Penn State, and there the Nittany Lions finished fifth and first in yards per play with him in charge. Penn State's current mark of 3.91 yards per play is the lowest by an FBS team since 2012 Florida State. Too bad that James Franklin and the rest of overrated. I mean, the rest of Penn State couldn't capitalize off of that. You're not going to hear any argument from me. <laughs> but yeah, th this is a peculiar hire. I mean, I get the superlatives are there, but we've seen Manny Diaz in the ACC and a lot of people did feel like, though, that he was wrongly terminated from the University of Miami and thought that he might have, uh, he should have been given a little bit more time. I mean, 21 and 15, that's not the worst mark in the world. No. He did take Miami to their only ACC uh, football championship game appearance, too, uh, as the head coach. And so I think that uh, this is going to be a very intriguing hire for Duke as he comes in to, um, to Duke and into the ACC for the second time around. Manny Diaz seems like an underwhelming hire on the surface. That's at least what I thought when I saw this report that he's expected to be the next head coach. And then you start to dig in a little bit. And we know how good those defenses were when he was the defensive coordinator. And we do see the winning record. You at least were bowl eligible in every single one of your seasons. And I'm sorry, that was Rick that took them to the championship. Well, yeah, Mark Rick, but, but he was there, right? Like by, yes. So Manny Diaz still had some part in that. You see some of the achievements that he was able to accomplish with Penn State. Wes, it feels like if there's going to be a guy that gets a second shot at a, not even as big of a school as Miami, but a second shot at a Power 5 conference to be a head coach, I feel like they could have done worse than this. I, I'm not saying I absolutely love it, but I could see how this would work. And you're right. If you just haven't had the kind of success that you want at Miami with a bunch of different coaches now, and Manny Diaz is just another one of those coaches on the list that wasn't able to, you know, play or coach up to expectation. We're seeing that with Cristobal in the first two years. We we saw it with Manny Diaz. Mark Rick had them with the big old conversation of is the U back. I remember having you on my radio show yes. a few years ago, and then that was when you said, I hate that phrase. I can't stand <laughs> that phrase. And so it was Mark Rick doing that that allowed me to ask you that question that he was a part of. I just, I'm willing to give him a second chance here. Like, I don't mind this, okay. and I want to see how it plays out. I don't know if you feel the same way. Well, the thing about it that's going to be interesting to me with a guy like Manny Diaz is that he comes from schools where he's able to recruit a certain type of kid and he can get a certain type of kids when you're at a Penn State or you're at a Miami even though Miami is a private school a lot of people always forget that fact about them but Duke is just a little different your recruiting pool shrinks that much more and so that's the rub with taking that job can you overcome that especially he's gonna have to rebuild this thing basically from the ground up even though he's got Grayson Loftus there that looks to be a promising prospect but there's no more Riley Leonard, and a lot of those uh, upperclassmen are going to be gone now. So there's certainly going to be some talent there because Duke has recruited pretty well for Duke over the last few seasons. But he's certainly going to have a task in front of him. Duke football has been wildly interesting to me from the coaching hiring standpoint because, okay, you have 
close to a legend in David Cutcliffe? If you have the success at Duke, given what they had accomplished previously, then you are at least in the neighborhood of legendary. Awful couple last seasons. Moves on. You get Mike Elko. Maybe some people thought it was underwhelming. Uh, he had some excellent numbers as a defensive coordinator at a few different stops. And then what he was able to accomplish before you had some of those injuries, it was sensational. And then Mike Elko leaves for Texas A&M. Now you're getting Manny Diaz. It just feels like Duke with their head coaching hires, if they get this one right, then it's. I wonder how many schools you can go to and they say, hey, you nailed the last three hires that you had. One stayed for a long time and just was in a good situation. Why leave? This, you know, Okay, it ends badly, but still a great hire. You do that 10 times out of 10. Same thing with Mike Elko. He leaves for Texas A&M. It's not because you fired him. It's because he leaves. If this thing works out with Diaz and you're three for three, they're doing a good job over there at making the right hire for the football program. Yeah, and I think Manny Diaz could be a guy that ends up at Duke a little longer than we would anticipate a lot of uh, coaches. And so, finally in the campus corner, Peyton Wilson with the season that he's had. He missed out on the Bronco Nagurski Award that I attended uh, the other night here in Charlotte. Xavier Watts from Notre Dame, he took home that honor. And I thought, no hometown bias, but I thought that Peyton Wilson should have gotten that. He, he had his dominant ever year as you could ever see for yep. a linebacker but he did come back and get the Buckus Award, and he was surprised with that, and he was handed that award uh, at NC State last night. He beat out linebackers from Missouri, Clemson, Washington, and Mississippi State to gain that honor. He became the first player in NC State history to win the Buckus Award. LeVar Fisher was a semifinalist in 2001, and he led the conference and ranked fifth nationally with 138 tackles. An average of 11.5 per game, tallied the most total tackles for a Wolfpack player in a single season since Earl Wolf had 145. What a name, Earl Wolf, oh, playing well, for I, the Wolfpack. I mean, does it get any better than that? But he led NC State in tackles in 10 games this season, five-time ACC linebacker uh, of the week there, and he was named uh, the Buckus Linebacker of the Month for September. And again, as we said, also a finalist for the Bednarik and the Nagurski Awards. He's on several first-team All-American teams this year. What a year for Peyton Wilson, man. He was as good as any player in the ACC. And do we feel like that he might have been the best player in the ACC regardless of his position? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, he's not a strong there. take. Not a strong take, but maybe. <laughs> I think if, if you were to go with the top three and then maybe Washington from Virginia at the wide receiver position, I'm not going to act like I know a ton about offensive linemen to say one of them should have been up there. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. But Peyton Wilson's numbers, his impact on the field, delivering in big games, absolutely responsible in part for that turnaround that they had on top of Super Oh, he was QB certainly play. a catalyst. You, you would think of Jordan Travis, who would have won the Heisman had he stayed healthy. You would think of Drake May, except for the last two games when everything, you know, fell off a cliff. You would think of Peyton Wilson, maybe some Florida State guys, Washington. I think he's right up there. I did want to ask this question before we have to go to break to mm -hmm. you and the text line, 704-570-9610. You just rattled off a couple of fantastic football names. What's the better football name? And if you have a an, another mention, feel free to write that in. Bronco Nagurski or Dick Butkus? <laughs> What's the better football name? Those are great. I would go with Bronco Nagurski. I like that one. It's just got a little feel to it. It does. They showed us a highlight clip of him before at the award ceremony before it started, and he definitely lived up to his name. Just as a Bronco? 
Oh, yeah. he was. <laughs> they talked about how he was just unstoppable. Coaches yep. thought that he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And on all the footage, you just saw four or five guys bouncing off of him every time he was running the football. I think I'm going to go Dick Butkus because there's a little bit of simplicity to it. But both names, I don't think you can go wrong. Please tell us if we missed another name out there. Yeah, man. Definitely, guys, on the all-name squad. And really quick, Clemson basketball remains undefeated. Beat their rival South Carolina. Knocked them from the ranks of the undefeated. So Clemson is rolling right now, number 24 in the country. 